Welcome to Ununinformed. I'm Sean Seavey. And this is Kendall Minette. I'm just kidding. Kendall's not with us this week, but he'll be back next week to cover the aftermath of President Trump's inauguration. And speaking of which, Trump's inauguration will take place this Friday, January 20th. But since this week is the last week of uh, Barack Obama's presidency, Ununinformed is going to host Obama's political funeral. And we're giving the eulogies in an interesting way. Let me explain. I've realized that the Obama to Trump transition often accompanies an array of emotions from happiness to sadness to anger. And I thought, what better way to portray these intense emotions than by utilizing poetry? And so here, right, right. And you can hear those, uh, as you can hear in the background, we have... uh, um, some of the best uh, poets that I know. <laughs> you obviously don't know very many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that he knows, that he knows. The poetry club is called C3PO. It stands for Cool People Picnicking Poeming Organization. Yeah, is that right? Yes. So, um, and it consists of, at least today, we have on the show Hannah Watts, Shay Aldana, Catherine Mercado, Peter Nesetico, Jessica Pace, Izumi Okamura, and Rachel Grant. And I'm Sean Seavey. <laughs> you already knew that. You're also in the club. Uh, yeah. I'm in the club. I've actually been in the club for uh, a couple months. I don't feel like I contribute so much, but I gain so much from it. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, C3PO, is a, or they meet uh, once a month in the Salt Lake area. And if you're actually interested in, in joining, um, uh, message me. Yeah, contact me. Um, cause I'm one of their members. And so we want to talk about, like I said, uh, Obama's presidential funeral, the tran- or the transition from Obama to Trump. Okay. Hannah, we'll start with you. Okay. So I'm just going to introduce this poem. Yeah, please. Um, I was 17 when Obama was elected the first time and I was so upset that I couldn't vote because I really wanted to, I really believed in him. And so this poem is about what I did instead of voting. Okay. I knocked doors for this president, this out-of-nowhere Chicago resident, tall, dark, and handsome, peddling changed. I knocked doors for a president. I argued with complacent, independent misfits over their fraying doormats with doobies in hand. I sojourned and coaxed mother-father, father-woman-man, Hope, vote, change, change, because there had been so many white guys dropping bombs without thinking, not over injustice, but petroleum, over machines drinking oil from the earth, and of offshore inking. And when he moved into the White House, I loved his garden and his wife. And I'll tell you up front, the improvements to my life, I have health care, nothing's perfect, we're still fighting, but the fight has changed. Okay, thank you, President, from this Colorado resident. I dropped off the map for a while and came back in a shower of gold. And another white guy with orange hair and old. Full of fighting words and wandering hands. Fearful of Muslims and our brothers from other lands. And there is no more dropping off the map. Because I'll knock heads with this president. And if you do too, let's reset the precedent. Let's put arms around the border. Let's break down the bricks and mortar of money that drips from entitled lips. 
Let's keep track of the good and kick back at the crap. Mas amor, por favor, only four. Only four. Grassroots solidarity started with hope and change. Back from the fringe, binge on care. Hold to the rad and fight for the rare. It starts here. So you, you said only four. Um, I, I, you're, you're talking about just want Trump to be there one term, right? Yes, of course. I mean, I'm surprised that he's here for one, but we only, it has to be only one. Yeah, it wasn't everybody. Now, something that uh, you might find interesting, I just listened to Obama's departing uh, speech in Chicago last week, and people started uh, yelling, four more years, four more years, like, and here he is after eight, you know, two terms. And uh, he's like, I can't do that. <laughs> you know? um, um, yeah, he was beloved. And uh, this is a hard transition for, for some people. And uh, talk about what you said, what we need to do now besides giving him one term. You kind of said that in your poem. What, what should we do? Well, I, th- I think that divisiveness is the real reason that he is the president, that we as a society have become so divided and we disagree so quickly without even thinking about what the real problem is and who the real enemy is. We just kind of fall in line and disagree. And I think that instead of that, we need to join together and find things that we agree on and stand with each other on those things so that something like this never happens again. (laughs) Hey, Hey, thank you, Hannah. So, so Catherine, let's uh, let's put you on the chopping block and okay. uh, and uh, yeah, tell us uh, what your poem is or what you're going to share. Okay, so I'm going to share. Um, so, okay, background. I have a friend. Her name's Sarah, um, who is pansexual, and so. But, Can you describe what that is? Yes. So, according to her, don't quote me. She said that it's like. Someone that's attracted to everyone, including people who don't feel like they have a gender assigned to them. Hmm. Does that make sense? So that's pansexual. Okay. So that is what she is. She, the other day, posted just a picture as her cover photo of Obama. Um, and then a hater, I will not say his name because I don't know him, um, just said, he just said something mean. And so this is her response to him um, as to why she feels such a connection to Obama as a president and why she's scared of the transition for the new president. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So, she wrote, This photo is a representation of how I feel. I feel sad. I feel tired. I feel scared. Something I don't expect you to understand. How could you? You will never be able to empathize with the minority groups you love to say you support. You have LGBT friends, but you are not LGBT. No one will question your relationships with women, and no one will reject you from jobs because of your sexual orientation. You have friends of color, but you are not a man of color. No one will stop you on the street or pull you over simply because you are minding your own business. You have friends who are women, but you are not a woman. You are celebrated when you have intercourse and no one wants to control your reproductive organs. You don't know the feeling of walking hand in hand with the person you love and feeling threatened. You don't know the feeling of being followed in a department store because the employees think you're going to steal something because you're the only brown person they've ever interacted with. You won't ever know the feeling of watching someone think they are entitled to your body simply because you have a vagina and they have a penis. You have every right to think what you want about this man. I am not going to tell you 
you're right or wrong. This photo encompasses the dread and exhaustion I already feel in anticipation of the next four years. And that, and that while you may kid about political op- opinions, we know who truly stands with us. So, so something that Obama, one of his claim to fames was uh, a, a greater increase of LGBT rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, when we look back 10 years later, I think we'll be talking about this. And, and this is something that won't be undone by a Trump presidency. Cause, and he said he's not going to try to reverse any of those things. Yes, he'll try to reverse, you know, Obamacare. But, um, yeah, great um, strides have come come forward as far as uh as far as lgbt rights um do you from your observation do you feel like things have gotten better in that regard as far as you know diversity and things like that i think so i think um well i think more people are thinking about it more people are trying are starting to realize whether they're okay with it or not and then taking actions towards that so i i've been i feel like people are starting to think, okay, what do I think about that? Whereas before it was just kind of, I remember growing up and that was not a conversation that anybody had. And that was not a thing that we would just like talk about. So I think people are starting to think and consider people that are LGBT. I grew up with this girl, Sarah, like she, she lives in Florida now, but like we grew up in high school and together. And it was not a thing that we ever talked about because she was so afraid of even like expressing her opinions about gay marriage and she was so afraid about talking about these things and now she's super happy and it's the happiest she's ever been since I've known her because she can she feels like she can be herself and so I think strides have been taken but more strides need to be taken and that's you're almost quoting what Obama said in his depart departing speech in Chicago he said Hmm. we've made great strides but we're not where we need to be so way to go! You quoted Obama. Okay, and and I think that kind of transitions into some of the things that um, that Peter, what you had to say. Um, now, Peter Nesareko, if I said that correctly, um, is from Uganda, and uh, he kind of has something similar to say. Bye, Obama. Know you had a little bit of trauma. You are for the vacay, and you're left with a little bit of drama. You know you tried just right from 08. Glad you focused on love instead of making hate. My phone just went off, so I don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, And you brought us together. Helped us remember the lost folk on the outskirts of this great oak. You felt like he brought people together. I think he was a great president for, like, the social fabric. I don't know if it's because of his minority background, but, like, people that just weren't really considered, like, the whole, like, LGBT community. Yeah. I mean, he kind of, it's something that I never thought of until he became a president. And, um, like, even in the church, something I didn't really think of until it was an issue in the news. And um, so, and he focused on, like, income inequality. And I'm a finance guy, so those are things I don't think about. (laughs) Like, it's all about, like, how do the numbers work on finance cases? You like cut the fat. Yeah, black and white. So some of the gray areas, right? If if a company sucks, just for a thousand people and make it work better, like Trump. <laughs> so I think I think Obama would be great for like fabric of society and a finance guy like Trump, even though he's very divisive. Like his policies make a lot of financial sense. Yeah, just so, but not so you know 
heartwarming as Trump is, you know, dealing with people. And no, like that. people, he's horrible. Like, I mean, the country was a mess when he became president. So. <laughs> hey, thanks, Peter. No problem. So next we have Shay Aldana on the on the chopping block. <laughs> I shouldn't say chopping block. On on the stage, the red carpet. On the stage. <laughs> okay. Mine is titled The Symbol of a Face. Charismatic, family-focused, hopeful, healthy, diverse, full of love, respectful, something different. Just what the symbol of the great mixing pot should be. We latched onto the idea and the symbol of a face. Eight years have come and gone. Now we have a new face. Uncivilized, arrogant, bold, bigotous, ignorant, confident, businessman. I guess the mixing pot is not quite as diverse as I thought it was. The majority has been trumped. I like how you said about you're talking about symbols and how a president is a symbol. And I think, um, you know, to the world, I, I think maybe people outside of the U.S., they may think the president is like the king of the world or something like that. Where like in the U.S., like we think of our checks and balances. And in all reality, the president isn't that powerful. Um, and especially since we still have, you know, plenty of, you know, human rights and things. But the, the president is a symbol to us and the entire world. Exactly. Um, yeah, and, and I think, and, and that's why a lot of people are uncomfortable with uh, Trump as president. Like, what message is he sending the whole world? Um, and so how is Obama, how is he a symbol to the world? Well, I feel like, that, like, like I said in the poem, like, they're just so completely different. Obama has, like, such good people skills that he was able to, like, everyone liked him, really. Like, when I was traveling the world, like, when I was, well, not the world, because I'm such a big traveler. Because, no. <laughs> like, when I was in Europe, people would ask, like, are you going to vote for Trump or Hillary? And it's like, oh, I don't really know. But, like, no, like, everyone liked Obama. Like, everyone, no one had a problem with him. He was, he was diverse. He was <laughs> young. He was, like, Charismatic. He's a nice guy, yeah. You know? Hip. So, like... He was great. His face was great for America, where it's now it's just kind of, I'm kind of embarrassed about the face <laughs> of America. I mean, I'd, like you said, checks and balances, I don't think a whole lot of things are going to change that much. Like, that's fine. I'm just really embarrassed right now that that's how our president would act. Yeah, and like, everyone's looking. That's really embarrassing. I don't want that to be my face. I'm, I don't want to say I'm an American and have that's what people think of. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, okay, good. Those are really strong words all over there. Yeah. Uh, that's these, these are strong words, but I feel like this type of anger expressed in poetry is much better than the anger expressed in talk radio, you know? It's um, true. Amen. Amen. Can we, get a, can we get a snap for that? Snap <laughs> all around. Um, and, okay, now we have uh, Jessica Pace giving us a poem about Trump. Trump Lump. Pure uncertainty. Trump crump. Is this reality? Trump mumps. No, not the mumps. Just a different direction. Is that what people want? I guess everyone has a different bottom line. Whether abortion, immigration, healthcare, taxes, the mumps. No, not the mumps, but the Trumps. Or maybe the mumps, but definitely the Trumps. <laughs> okay, let's just go back to that line where you listed what are the, the bottom lines. What were they? Hmm. Yes. Um, abortion, immigration, healthcare, taxes, the mumps. 
<laughs> oh, I love that that rhymes with Trump. Um, so, so what do you want to say about those issues? They're, uh, th- those are the, you're just saying these are the big issues going well, on, Well, right? I think it, those are the issues people were thinking about when voting, and they kind of had their... I feel like everyone has like a bottom line, like here's the line and I'm not going to go below that. And a lot of things were below that for people. And that's why they voted for Trump. A lot of people, not everybody. A lot of people really just love him. Just just love him for who he is. Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that what, is that what people want? I guess so. Now, you also have something else from Trump, but these aren't your words. They are... They're pres- Trump's words. They're Trump's words. Yeah. Um... And, and we're, we're going to wrap it. Yeah, and I will be the beatboxer. <laughs> yeah, that's her. With the gold. I better use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her, you know. I'm automatically attracted to beautiful, beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the You can do anything. Grab them by the you can do anything. <laughs> I'll have to decide how I'll edit that. <laughs> Should I do the beep? The opening music and the closing music. <laughs> um, and, and for those who, who didn't quite catch what that was, that was, uh, sorry, that was the leaked tape of Trump talking um, very graphically about women. Um, that uh, probably... Made him slide in the polls, but he went right back up after that. So I, I, I noticed uh, a lot of these, I, I imagine these poems would be, you know, liberal leaning. And uh, I, I wanted to give the the right wing a little chance to speak a little bit. So so maybe imagine this from an angry, uh, what do you call it? A deplorable <laughs> um, uh, speaking. So uh, I, I don't think this represents my opinion, but, you know, I wanted to, this is representing... Someone's opinion, the, the far right. Um, or the ones that, that just weren't that excited about Obama. And this is a limerick. I'm not much of a poet, so uh, I write limericks. There once was a man named Obama, who Libs thought was the Dalai Lama. But his ideals were unhealthy because he, he just taxed the wealthy, and he created a whole lot of drama. <laughs> <laughs> What's my comments on that? Uh, taxing the wealthy, um, you know, the, the Hillary said the same thing: the the wealthy need to pay their fair share, um, and that that's a tagline that uh, liberals use a lot. Um, and and uh, some people argue so that that's one thing conservatives are worried about. Another thing is creating a lot of drama. I guess it's just like. Sometimes um, some uh, conservatives will say that uh, uh, just be, then when we bring up all these social issues, it actually creates social issues, which I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. And- I think that ignoring social issues is not the answer. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, it, pretending that they don't exist does not solve them ever. Has, right. Never has, never will. Because because really as far as like with social issues, the the closer you get to the person, the individual, the the better things become. And uh, a lot of problems are created by you distancing yourselves from a, a minority or uh 
a certain social problem. And so when people really become acquainted with, with these issues, with these people, they realize these are people and not just statistics you hear on cable news. And now for Max Taggart. The boys all saw a boomerang, out and back it came. The girls all claimed to have seen a bird, but who's to say these aren't all the same? Their parents squawked and raised an arm and pointed to the sky, just in time to see their kids go happily flying by. It's honor and it's decency, the Reds chastised the Blues. The Blues, with honor, decently broadcast riots in the news. It's a sort of domestic shock and awe to end the war we haven't started to start the end of war, to drop the bombs and read the psalms and quietly sweep the floor. They say you shouldn't marry someone thinking they will change, but put them in a cabinet and they're easily rearranged. I guess it all depends on where you stand, because when you stand on your head, upside down things look the same when right side up instead. Now you're going to have to help Saul out, um, because I that was very deep. Um, and so this is like reading, you know, the Old Testament. This is really, uh, <laughs> that's a compliment, by the way. It's really good. Um, so very deep. So can, can you can you help us... Who may not understand the depth of that? Uh, there was so much there. I feel like to me the Old Testament is sort of like spiritual because it doesn't make sense. I think I was sort of aiming for that. Perfect. I guess what I was thinking when I was writing it was just <clears throat> having talked to like people on both sides, like people who are adamantly anti-Trump and people who are like pro-Trump. Because I feel like at least for me, like Trump is the issue of the day and not necessarily like the end of Obama, but the beginning of Trump. And so it's been interesting for me to see how differently people can see it and how differently even I've seen it talking to them, the idea of, of his presidency. So I was just thinking about this idea of, of perspective and how maybe you, how it's hard sometimes to really get a grip on like what something actually is and how what it is usually just depends on how it looks to you in the moment. And, and things are different when you put it in the cabinet. You're saying we're hoping when we marry Trump by voting for him that he uh, that he's different, that we can change him. I get that sentiment a little bit. I mean, I, I, I get the feeling that's what some people are hoping for, that, that, yeah, he has all of these very undesirable qualities, but, like, as president, he'll stand up and be more the part of him that we voted him in for. And not the part of him that we're so appalled about. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and maybe maybe that's true. And part of that is, I think, part of us was just trying to acknowledge the uncertainty of like who's to say, you know, like yeah. what what's going to happen for sure. But him, him, and the, the actual cabinet appointees, I think some of them are a little. I don't know. People have their opinions, <laughs> yeah. but I think there's some of that going on too. Hoping that that this person who has enacted policies in their corporate life in one direction will be able to sort of reverse or drastically alter their views yeah in their new life <laughs> yeah well and uh, like my grandmother a uh, hardcore trump supporter she said if you just read the teleprompter then he'll be good but but don't we want uh the real trump <laughs> you know uh don't we want the i mean that's his twitter handle uh you know at real trump for you know in the real donald trump i think um and that, that's what we want. Um, we want the real Donald Trump, but we also want a presidential Donald Trump. And I don't know if we're going to get both of them. Right. Yeah. I I, wonder. I think there'll always be a little bit of the 
the locker room Donald Trump. But I, I hope I can see where people are coming from sometimes when they say, you know, there are the way he doesn't. I don't know, his disregard for the establishment in a good way, that he's not sort of beholden to these, a lot of political conventions and traditions, I think is, is healthy. Th- those sort of things are good, but obviously there's all of these other things that you could weigh against that in, in his behavior. Anyway, again, <laughs> it's very complex. I think that's kind of what I was trying to get at, the complexity of it all. Yeah, and I think I might rewind the podcast a few times just to really understand the depth of that. That that was fantastic, Max. Now, now we also had some C-3PO members that were unable to uh, make it to the studio tonight, and so they actually submitted some poems. Um, let's hear some of them. So this is Jessica Pace uh, giving Izumi Okamura's poem. Okay. It's called Tribute. No matter the party, color, or race, I surely believe that anyone can save face. Some great things are done, some disagreed, things as well. Regardless a great president one can tell, a stressful position to say the least. Achieving perfection can be a beast. The expectations of the people are unrealistic. May you be blessed for your ways so altruistic. So so this next one was another uh, submitted by another member of C3PO. And uh, this one's more about Martin Luther King, but it, it's also about the president. Let's hear it. Okay, it's titled, If MLK Were Prez. If MLK were president, our dreams would all come true. If MLK were in the house, it'd be good for me, for you. Does MLK have a grandson? I'll really bet he does. Maybe it's Obama, or maybe it's your cuz. So, uh, I have one more thing to contribute. Um, I I also uh, think that... uh, Obama, in in certain ways, is a good performer. Um, And I'm thinking of one particular instance. Um, This moment in Obama's presidency, I really feel like, was his greatest moment as presidency. And a lot of people don't know about this. This happened at Reverend Pinckney's funeral. Um, He was the reverend in the the Charleston church, which had the mass shooting. Um, And that... And uh, so... And and his speech was was fantastic. And and we're going to do a little clip of that in a second but uh this is actually back in the news again because recently the shooter dylan roof was sentenced to a death penalty and that that uh happened uh, just over a week ago and so um so here i want to give you obama's greatest moment as president and and i feel like he could have sat in on this poetry moment that's what i felt this week an open heart that more than any particular policy or analysis is what's called upon right now, I think. What a friend of mine, the writer Marilyn Robinson, calls that reservoir of goodness beyond and of another kind that we are able to do each other in the ordinary cause of things. That reservoir of goodness. If we can find that grace, anything is possible. If we can tap that grace, everything can change. Amazing grace. 
Amazing grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved. precious and extraordinary gift as long as our lives endure may grace now lead them home may God continue to shed his grace on the United States of America a big thank you to Barack Obama for joining us today and for being president and another big thank you to the members of the Poetry Club C3PO. And catch us next week as we talk about life after Obama, a.k.a. the birth of President Trump. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>